0: Hi, this is Brian Hazen, co-founder of the Hustle a platform that's revolutionizing the way that creators interact with their fans. I'm here on Edge of NFT, the podcast that is fanning the
1: flames of the
0: creator's revolution. Stay tuned.
1: Hey there, NFT curious listeners. Stay tuned for today's episode and find out how Hustle is integrating the best of music, entertainment, fashion, and sports in an interactive next level metaverse experience. And how
2: today's guest's first CD purchase came full circle when he was able to collaborate with one of the artists he first admired.
3: And how big brands like Coca-Cola and Samsung are moving headfirst into NFTs. All this and more on today's episode.
1: And don't forget, we put together a little soiree called NFTLA just a few months back that brought out thousands of the world's most innovative doers in the NFT space. Head to 2023.nftla.live to get on the whitelist for tickets to our bigger, bolder, better, but also just as intimate and impactful event happening in Los Angeles, March 20th to the 23rd, 2023. See you there. Welcome to the Edge of NFT.
2: Today's episode features Brian Hazen, co-founder of Hustle, H-U-S-L, the platform that is revolutionizing the way that creators interact with their fans utilizing blockchain technology. An 18-year veteran of the financial services industry, Brian's past roles include Smith Barney, JP Morgan, Morgan Stanley, and HSBC in various VP roles. He brings his vast investment knowledge to the hustle as well. Throughout his career, Brian has worked with both private and institutional clients to evaluate and advise on both public and private investments. As recently, Brian has been involved in the management and advisory of several startup ventures in the food and beverage industry, as well as the blockchain space. With over $2 billion in lost royalties in the past five years, Brian strongly believes that the music industry is more than ready for the disruptive power of blockchain and the trustless transparency of NFTs. Hustle is a new platform that is going to revolutionize the NFT world and the way fans,
1: creators, and influencers connect. Brian, welcome to Edge of NFT. Thanks for having me. Hi, Brian. So this is quite the vision you have here for Hustle and Hustle Burst. We know it's gone through various iterations and has evolved meaningfully, and you guys are still early in your existence. We know the potential here is massive. So let's start, though, at the beginning, man. Let's talk about the origin story. How did this concept come about? Yeah, sure. So
0: my partners and I, there's five of us, came together last spring. My partner, Matt Shellos, he's our CFO. He's got an extensive background in everything Hollywood from Red Heart carpet hosting on the e-channel to working as a VP of finance for the Jim Henson Studio. He's also worked in commodities, owned Operated and sold those businesses, as well as you know, work within you know market making. So he's got a really vast background as it relates to everything crypto and everything finance. Next, Jason Hernandez, who's our chief operating officer, also exceptional talent. He's got nearly 20 years experience leading cross-functional sales teams at places like Wells Fargo, J.P. Morgan, where he and I met in our professional lives, and also Sapphire Adizes, who. Is our chief innovation officer. He's somebody that, as a musician, has a very accomplished career. He's performed at the Couture Music Festival in Europe. He's performed at places like Lincoln Center in New York City. He's also got millions and millions of views on some viral saxophone videos that you should check out, as well as several hundred million streams on Spotify in his own right, working with people like the Chainsmokers, Kanye West, amongst others. And rounding it out, our founding CEO, room Bajaj, who's a real estate attorney by trade, an advisor on numerous crypto projects, including Proppy. He's somebody that's exceptionally well-connected you know, connected and well-versed in also everything Web3 and blockchain, and he's an exceptional resource. So I think it was really just mutual friendships and career paths that brought us together. I think like all creators in Web3, we're always looking for two things, really. I think it's Problems that blockchain can solve and ways that we can improve blockchain, right? And I think the genesis of Huffsoul came from kind of looking at the space and thinking, well, why is it that no one's really meaningfully crossed over to the mainstream? What is it that's going to bring the next million, 10 million, 100 million users into the Web3 community and into blockchain? And lo and behold, you know, fall of 2020, NFTs hit the scene. And they weren't a new technology, but I think for the first time they really hit the scene in a meaningful way. And we began to see some celebrities and big influencers doing some pretty meaningful NFT campaigns, companies like Topshot and otherwise that were working in the space with more of a really broad ranging appeal to collectors around sports and otherwise began to emerge. And obviously we were all NFT collectors, fully immersed in the space and we looked at NFT technology and said, well, where can we do the most disruption, right? What areas of business entertainment are NFTs most likely or most ripe to disrupt? And it was music, right? You know, As you mentioned, billions and billions of dollars in lost royalties over the last five years. A stat kind of to round out that idea that jumped out at me and I think was really the genesis of the project is in doing some research, we had learned that in the past five years, nearly 46 million instances of creators not being paid properly due to you know silly things like wrongly or missing or encoding on the metadata, differences between the way that different performance rights and royalty organizations were collecting and recording the data on who should be properly paid for different works of music were missing, right? And we thought there's got to be a better way. Right, And obviously, what we all know about NFTs in terms of their trustless transparency, ability to pay creators instantly, the ability to create for royalties virtually in perpetuity based on the transfer and the sharing of different music was something that we thought could really impact the industry in a meaningful way. So we set off to build what at the time was one of the first music-centric, music-only NFT exchanges out there. And from there, that kind of snowballed into creating a user platform where all creators have the ability or have the ability now to upload music onto our site besides just some of the bigger celebrities that we curate. So that was really the genesis of our story. And you're right, it really has evolved over the last couple of months.
2: Yeah. I love how you point that out. I mean, it's I'm a musician and I've been a musician at different levels. You know, I've submitted songs to royalty. What do you call them? The music libraries, right? And they find placements and they get you royalties. I've played in venues. It's really this perennial problem that's been around for a while. We value things like music quite a bit. But it seems like we don't because it's very hard to track and monetize what's going on. It's literally like this ethereal thing that floats through the air and magically touches our souls. And it's so obvious, though, if you go to a bar or a venue and you have a party and all of a sudden the music stops. Everybody wants to go to a different party (laughs) or they're not going to settle for not the coolest music. Oh, we'll put on this royalty free track that somebody made that's some music or something. No, like people want good music and it helps them have a great time. And it is so valuable to people and making sure that we track that value is so important. So question here about how the Hustleverse is incorporating music, NFTs, entertainment into the metaverse. We've got your background there as a picture of the Hustleverse uh, kind of map going on for the listener at home. You can check out the YouTube video to to look at that or go to their website. But so how do you bring together all these elements, the music, NFTs, entertainment into the metaverse?
0: It's a really good question, Ethan. So You're right. I mean, music really is the soundtrack to our lives, right? To your point, what's a party with no music? What's a college football game with no fight song, right? What's a movie with no score, right? And we tried to make sure that we kept music as the central theme of everything that drives our universe, right? So within our metaverse, the Hustleverse, we've broken down our map into four distinct quadrants one being a land of art and fashion, another being a land of sports a land of entertainment focused around, you know, Hollywood entertainment, and finally a a land of musicians. And what we've done is create a number of really cool, immersive games, play-to-earn economies within each of these that follow a theme and help users work through and understand really the hustle that drives creators to work harder than everyone else and, you know, be successful. And we've incorporated a lot of elements that allow creators to position their works, whether it's YouTube videos, whether it's musical works, whether it's fitness routines, right, for fitness influencers, and be rewarded through a play to earn or compete for attention type model, which allows them to share their art with the world, be compensated for it, and vice versa. Users or, you know, our visitors to the Hustleverse can also work to be compensated for their attention. So it's really an interesting dynamic that we've created. And first of its kind, and something we're really, really
2: excited about. Yeah. And actually, as an aside, as you list off the different things that you're integrating there, music and entertainment, so on and so forth, of course, as we're building NFT LA, I'm like, okay, that's like, almost exactly in alignment with what we do with NFT LA as we take the NFT aspects of NFT that aligned with that cultural force that's happening in that part of the world. That's cool.
0: Yeah. I mean, listen, as consumers of content, what is it that's captivating our attention, right? And it's those things, right? So with our experience in networks, we felt kind of squarely in the center of all that. And we wanted to make sure that we could bring it to our users and help connect Hollywood, the world of music, the world of entertainment and sports to the blockchain in a really immersive high fidelity way that really kept music as the central backbone of it all
3: there you go yeah it's really exciting it's been great to sort of follow along with your journey since we originally had baroon on the show back in the two nft new yorks ago so it's been a minute and you guys have done a lot since then and now we got the beta coming up this month what should we expect there
0: yeah, really, really exciting stuff. So we're just wrapping up the whitelist for a beta participation today. That's something that we're excited about over the next week or two. We're going to allow the first 50 to 100 users into the Hustleverse. We're going to go through some routine stress testing. We're going to allow the community to use some of our various different features, test our spatial audio. We're going to have some cool network events and limited run concerts and different things so that those early users can test everything and we can get a good sense of throughput bandwidth and make sure settings and everything are optimized before we open it up for a more broad release later on in September.
1: Yeah, man. Really, really cool. And I'm sure just as you've done so far, there'll be a good amount of iteration as you learn and do more customer development and get to dial everything in. So I guess coupled with that, and we were talking about this a little bit before, is the second round of land sales. And so what are the details there? When does it go live? How can our listeners participate?
0: Yeah, sure. So we conducted our first land sale back in March, March 31st, actually, of earlier this year, 2022, and a quick sellout, right? you know, Land traded at the price of 2500 hustle at the time, which was Plus or minus 2500 bucks. Our next iteration, our next land sale is slated for early middle of October. We're still hammering down a date, but more news to come on that. And that's going to be really exciting because now for the first time users will have the ability to, once they purchase land, build on it immediately, right? Which is something that I know that a lot of our early users and participants are really eager to do. So
1: we're excited about that and we're excited to
0: see what they build and build with them.
1: Yeah, man. And and like in terms of like that dynamic, every virtual world operates a little bit differently. What can you tell us about how? that land ownership mechanism works. What kind of utility is there in owning that land? Uh, royalties, ability to control exactly what's on there or not, put it in to take it out. Like, how does that all work?
0: Yeah, yeah, exactly. So as a landowner, obviously you're going to have full ability to craft that land in the image you desire, right? So we've got some pretty interesting prefabricated buildings and designs that players can use. Also some kind of ad hoc building tools that will allow people to leverage those creator tools and build things. They're really exceptional on top of, you know, it was really important to us when we were kind of building out and creating a thought process behind the Hustleverse to create something that was modular, right? Because we really wanted to entice and incent, you know, creators and designers of 3D immersive spaces to bring those to the Hustleverse. So all brands of creators are going to have the ability to create and bring and market their own virtual wearables, virtual items. Landowners have the opportunity to create quests, Post games and landowners are going to be rewarded not only for the attention that they capture or captivate, right, by the experiences and how many and how long people spend enjoying those experiences, but also collect royalties from you know a rake that comes from a small percentage of all transactions that occur across the whole universe. So those are the primary ways that people leverage their land, but they also have the ability to rent that land to other users that aren't landowners so that that experience can be open up to all and that anyone can compete in quests and split the bounty of their rewards, whether it's NFTs that they find or points they earn with that person that they rented land from. So it's really an immersive 360 economy.
3: Jeff, I love the prefab house component because I I always feel like a little reticent to buy land in the metaverse because there's a lot lot of work that goes into building land. And I have a great appreciation for artists and technologists that have the time and capability to do that. Starting with a prefab structure that's really dope that I can further tweak over time, it takes some pressure off.
0: Yeah, and some of the prefab tools that, users are going to have access to our things like screens, right? So that they can upload their own content and host movies, host music videos, play their music for others, right? We've got interactive features like boom boxes and things, right? That allow people to kind of travel around the world and captivate attention and grow communities by playing their music, right? And kind of this Unobtrusive, unannoying way utilizing our spatial audio technology, where it's almost like in real life at a concert where you can only really interact with the people that are arm's length from you. And it's not a noisy, cluttered experience like some of the video games I think we played.
2: Yeah, that's really fun. And I can attest to uh, Josh's uh, lack of creative abilities. So that's great for him. <laughs> Just kidding. <laughs> no, but it is so important. And the thing you said a little bit ago, which I think is really important to highlight, and I don't even know that a lot of these metaverse plays are really doing a great job at it. And that is attracting the type of person that already inherently, like loves to create and add to things, right? And giving them the appropriate tools to do that. So I love that you're, so aware of that and focused on that the world of fashion is also something that's sort of integrated into the hustleverse and we've had the good fortune to interview some really cool people in that space on this show and know that there's like really exciting things going on inside and outside of the metaverse and engaging with nfts and blockchain but what would you say is the hustleverse of fashion right now and why do you value it enough to make it one of your focuses
0: I think that fashion is central to art, right? And I think that as we kind of look out at it, the NFT community and we look out at it, the metaverse community, I think that fashion alongside of music are going to be the kind of driving themes. Owning items, wearables, integrating music technology and blockchain technology into physical in real life items. And also showcasing those skills of those creators and some of those different fashions within the metaverse It's going to be critically important. There's been some really successful fashion shows. I know Decentraland's had success with some initiatives that they've run. Fashion was really central to our metaverse. We built out a number of fashion catwalks, virtual retail experiences. One of our first fashion partners, really, really proud to announce that Vulcan, Vulcan Forge's global conference in Greece back in June was DKNY. And it's really been a humbling and uh, amazing experience working with them, learning from their team, what drives retail, what are the things that are critical to them, and what do brands like DKNY expect or look for in potential brand partners and metaverse partners in terms of the capabilities that they want, the analytics and the data that they expect or they want or they need, rather. And being able to pair that with things that are cool, right? Like music, play to earn gaming experiences, and how do brands that have been around for decades, right, that have fans or consumers that span multiple generations, like how do they connect with this new generation of web three metaverse consumers? You know, and we really believe that in the future, the same way that everyone has an Instagram account or a Facebook account or different social media, and, and the same way that corporations and fashion brands today you know, have websites, we really do think that they're all going to have 3D virtualized environments and retail presences within one or many metaverses, right? So being able to accommodate those fashion brands and create really cool retail experiences where people can not only try on and shop for virtual items, but also, so check out and buy those real world items from the brands that they follow or that they wear. It was really, really critical to us. So lots more to see and lots more to come in terms of what's going on in the land of fashion. We're going to be hosting a number of fashion shows. We've got a number of really creative designers that we're going to be showcasing and breaking to the world. And we're really excited about that part of the hustleverse. I think, more than some others, because I think one of the coolest things about the metaverse, right, is what? Creating your avatar right? Either in your image or some fantasy image, the wacky and cool ways that people dress their avatars. So we're excited about that. And we're really looking forward to see what creators create.
3: Yeah, that's really cool, man. I mean, I looked it up. and known known DKNY had been around for a while, but over 30 years, right? And that's no easy feat to stay relevant in fashion. And they've done a great job at that. So it's great to see brands like this jumping in early to the metaverse and trying new things and sort of that type of collaboration. I'm sure you guys are going to learn a lot from each other. That'd be a great panel in FTLA. Let's have you and Y in the mix talking about your first six months of dating and what you guys figured out along the way. And whether you're going to get more married or not, but at least it's going to be fun. So I guess I'm really curious, like what else is on your roadmap? Because you're not starting small. So there's got to be other big things to come.
0: Yeah, no. And DKNY is an incredible partner. They're really a forward thinking brand. And we've learned a lot from them and continue to learn a lot from them. So yeah, that's great.
2: Can't help but extend the metaphor and like imagine like DK of the sort of marriage or the dating or DKNY is like trying to dress you and you just like want to wear this is what I want to wear then, but like it really just makes you look so good right and everybody's like hey dude where did you get that outfit oh yeah DKNY They made me wear it but yeah I guess it's cool <laughs>
0: Yeah, no, they're really incredible and their team is really creative and they've really worked closely with us to create not only their NFT drop, but the backbone and kind of fundamentals that drive our retail experience has been the hustle burst. So again, they've been an amazing partner. In terms of what else is in store for our roadmap, what we're really excited about beyond the fashion partnerships, the opening up of the beta, and then later on this year, the full release of our roadmap, or excuse me, of our metaverse is going to be our immersive play to earn arcade, right? So we've got some mobile games that are coming in the pipe. One that I'm really excited about is a rhythm game that is gonna allow holders to anyone that owns our music NFTs. Those can be featured drops from some of our biggest celebrities like Buster Rhymes, Styles P, Keith Murray, or even some of the amateur uploads, right, from some of our creators in the community. And you're going to be able to take those NFTs and play kind of ball bouncing rhythm games and play to earn different experiences from those creators, which is something that we think is going to further connect creators, celebrity musicians, amateur musicians to new fans and otherwise. So that's something that we're really excited about is that arcade functionality and the ability to now reach people on mobile, which I think is going to open us up to scores of new users, which is great. And kind of to round it out, our generative music studio. Is something that has been something we've been feverishly working on for the better part of the last six or seven months. It's kind of like the Wizard of Oz. It's been held behind the curtain for a while because it's something that we really wanted to get perfected. We've seen some kind of incredible developments around generative music within the Web3 space. Some of the pioneers that have kind of led the way have really inspired us. We've got an incredible collection, it's going to be an avatar collection. That is going to be the first native avatar collection of the Hustleverse. Shocker, they're called Hustlers. And each Hustler avatar comes with its own unique generative beat, right? So, what we've done is we've teamed up a number of rock star producers, right? So, we've got Danny Boyce Styles, who's got a number of Grammys. He's worked with people like The weekend I believe he, believe he produced his last album. We've got Nipsey and, excuse me, Nipsey Hustles producers, Mike and Keys, they work with Snoop, virtually everybody on the West Coast. They're incredible. Sapphire, my co-founder, and also uh, Palace and Gumboy, a producing team, they're part of 808 Mafia. They've got incredible accolades. I believe a dozen Billboard number ones just over the last two years alone. And between them and our really talented team of developers, we've been able to create incredible generative music technology. We've got a drop coming out that's going to be a collaboration from those four. We're really excited about it. We've got Styles P who's come in and recorded on those beats as kind of a proof of concept to buyers that these are really great beats out of the box. Working with these producers individually, I mean, each of them, when they sell instrumentals or they collaborate on music, their beats fetch anywhere from ten dollars to $50,000. So each one of the buyers of these NFTs is going to get that beat. They're going to get the complete stem pack, right, used to create those beats. They're going to have full commercial rights and otherwise to create, share on YouTube, publish commercially, And we're also going to have a really cool giveaway where we're teaming up with CoinMarketCap to give away some land, give away some hustlers and airdrop that Styles P, you know, iteration or song written over those generative beats to everyone that signs up. Right. So there's going to be something for everybody. Right. Prize for everybody. Not a bad, you know, third prize, right? A free mint from Styles P and this really unique high rarity generative collection. But it's something that we're really, really excited about. And I'm looking forward to expanding on that generative studio and allowing producers in the future to leverage the tools that we've created to create their own collections, similar to the way that we allow musicians now create their own works and upload it on our platform.
3: That's dope. I'm just thinking about. Ethan and Jeff in that studio with, of course, Jeff's son, Finn, still embraces the karaoke microphone I got him like two years ago. I'm sure the three of you could do something pretty cool together. What do you guys think?
1: Most definitely. I
3: was
2: thinking of it myself. Yeah, I wasn't thinking of the kid connection. My four-year-old's taking cello lessons. He can pretty much like pluck the strings and like goof around with it at this point. But I think we can get some cello samples in there too. It'll be dope. (laughs) Zeki on
1: the cello, Finley on the electric guitar, Brian on the mic. What's up? Let's go.
2: There you go. (laughs) (laughs) My
1: eight-year-old daughter plays the piano, so she's my music director. See, this is like a a kid band in the making right here, guys. So super inspiring stuff, inspiring a lot of people. Brian, you guys got so much going on, man. This is really great. Speaking of inspiration, though, like where do you look to outside of the work you're doing and the work you're internally and with your partners? Like, Where do you look for inspiration in the Web3 space?
0: Oh, my God. There's so much inspiration in the Web3 space, right? It's in the art. It's in the code, right? It's in the collaborations, right? So when we look at for inspiration, right? It's not even so much, I think, to copy what other people are doing, right? It's how do we emulate that, but make it our own, right? How do we partner with these guys, right? Like, how do we create a more inclusive Web3 economy where it's not necessarily a competition, let's say metaverse versus metaverse or music platform versus music platform. How do we work together, right? That's really been, I think, also a tenet of the hustle versus how do we create tools and how do we create our software so that it's Easily accessible, easy for creators to build on. Our propositions are easy to integrate different prop, uh, partnerships into. And I think, like you say, I mean, I think the inspiration's everywhere. And we're always looking to partner with amazing new creators and amazing tech partners to help kind of drive and push the boundaries of Web3.
1: Yeah, dude, for sure. Yeah, we we draw inspiration from so many different places, including projects just like the Hustleverse, man. So thanks so much for sharing all of that with us. I
0: mean, look, as, as I kind of strolled through the halls of NFT LA, right? It's like talk about inspiration, right? We met partners, you know, just perusing the conference exhibition hall, right? So it's everywhere, man.
4: Yeah, brother. Hey there, NFT Space Cadet. Let's zoom in on the globe from outer space today to Abbott Kinney Boulevard in Venice Beach, LA, Let me show you a cosmic tech beacon that shines out among the bustle of fashion, art, and food there. It's a thriving software dev, data science, and design studio known as A.E. Studio, where scores of the sharpest minds have come together to help founders and execs create software and machine learning solutions that are not only profitable and increase our agency as humans, but that give us that warm, fuzzy feeling that elegant tech so wonderfully does. AE's breadth of talent allows them to build anything from instillvideo.com, it's a health, fitness, and wellness app that makes your chakras tingle, to award-winning brain-computer interface solutions that could quite literally bend our minds. Oh, and keep an eye out for Token Runners, their NFT white-label marketplace, as well as our highly anticipated NFT drop, Boomer NFT. Now, for all you d who strive to shed the cummerbund and pearls, comes a jaw-dropping, awe-inspiring partnership, not seen since the heyday of Shaq and Kobe. It's called Edge of AE Studio, and you can find out all about it at edgeofae.com. That's right, this full-service, soup-to-nuts, end-to-end, whole enchilada NFT service can help you, yes you Randy, launch your NFT project. Edge of NFT and AE Studio have come together like Voltron to get your project in gear so you can hightail it straight to the moon, stardom, and maybe even your own private yacht. Go to edgeofae.com to find out more. That's edgeofae.com. Actual results may vary depending on moon landing location, domain of stardom, scale and model of yacht, as well as weather scale, model of yacht, or actual yacht.
1: We want to shift gears a little bit though and get your kind of personal take on some questions that we do. It's a section we call Edge Quick Hitters. or 10 questions, short, single word responses is what we're looking for, but we might dive in a little bit deeper here or there. You want to uh, jump in on these?
0: Yeah. Yeah.
1: Before we do, man, let's go. Okay. Let's do it. Question number one What is the first thing you remember ever purchasing in your life? Oh my gosh. I remember saving up money for right? <laughs> this maybe dates
0: me, but a CD player, right? Some of these young guys, man, I don't even know what that is. But back in the day when we had those in the 90s, right? I remember having just enough money from a birthday or Christmas, whatever it was, for the CD player and a couple of CDs. And I still remember those CDs, right? So I'm going to shout out those artists, right? It was Buster Rhymes, which come full circle. It's an incredible opportunity to work with them, right? So it was Buster Rhymes, House of Pain, and Wu-Tang Clan. Yeah. Hey, that's solid, man. Solid.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. So that, that was cool. That was like my pride and joy. Oh, yeah, man. Big time inflection point, right? In most kids of our generation's uh, lives, right? That first CD player.
2: How about that crazy move they pulled when they turned the Walkman that played tapes into a Discman? Wow. You could do the same thing with the CD. <laughs> Remember those days? <laughs>
1: All right. Question number two, what is the first thing you remember ever selling in your life? Baseball cards, probably.
0: You know, it's funny when you think about it, right? Those trading cards from back in the day draw a lot of parallels to NFTs today, right? In terms of provenance and collectability and so forth.
1: So yeah, I mean, definitely baseball cards. It's funny. Yeah. Lots of draws. Baseball cards. Question number three, what is the most recent thing you purchased? Oh, man. You have to ask my
0: wife. I've got kids, so it probably wasn't something for me.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Right. Makes a lot of sense. Question four. What is the most recent thing you sold? I can't even remember. I'm a hodler. (laughs) Hanging on to the rest. Well, pretty soon is going to be a bunch of plots of land. I guess it's hey, most certainly land, right? No, yeah. I was
0: just thinking personally, but yeah, man, I can't even think of it. But yeah, fast, I guess.
1: <laughs> Rock and roll. Okay. Number five, what is your most prized possession?
0: Also kind of a sports collectible. Yeah. You know, my dad actually, again, way back in the nineties, got, while well, he could still write Muhammad Ali's autograph on a calendar. It was actually like an image of that classic knockout standing over Sonny Liston. So at the time, I guess Parkinson's was setting in, but he was still able to kind of scribble his name. And that Muhammad Ali autograph is definitely something that's really, really
1: cool and definitely something important to me. Yeah, man. Very special. Question number six. If you could buy anything in the world, digital, physical, service, and experience that's currently for sale, what would it be? Boy,
0: definitely one of those Resvani tanks. I don't know if you guys have ever seen those, but those things are incredible. Now, what is that? They're an automaker. They make uh, these supercars, but they also have this really incredible, you know, like 200 and some odd thousand, probably even more SUV that I think you can get bulletproofed out. It's one of those uh, doomsday kind of SUVs. Yeah, it's, it's really, really cool. How do you spell that? Resvani. It's uh, R-E-Z-V-A-N-I.
2: Cool. We got to look at that. I'm a, I think Jeff's going to replace this. What do you have? Like a Jeep or something?
1: <laughs> <laughs> I do have a Jeep, but I used to command a ton of combat tanks in my uh, time in the army, along with Bradley fighting vehicles. So I dig the fully armored uh, approach to things. That's very cool.
0: <laughs> yeah, I'm a Jeep guy too. And this thing is a totally next level.
1: Holy cow. I got to get into this one. Okay. Awesome. Question number seven. If you could pass on one of your personality traits to the next generation, what would it be?
0: Definitely my charm.
1: <laughs> Mr. Charm, there it is. Question number eight. If you could eliminate one of your personality traits from the next generation, what would it be? It's tough one. Maybe being so serious, right? I tend to take things very seriously. And I think that the world's a beautiful place, life's short. And I think the next generation definitely shouldn't take itself too seriously. Roger that. Love it. Question number nine. What did you do just before joining us on the podcast? listen to some new unreleased music from Keith Murray that I'm really looking
0: forward to sharing with the world.
1: Hey, all right.
0: Yeah. Just got some new music in from Keith and it's
1: awesome. Very cool. Very cool. Perks of the job for sure. Yeah. 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 Question 10. Last one. What are you going to do next after the podcast? Well, like I said, I've got kids, so I'm off to uh, soccer. <laughs> Always excited to
0: watch my kids grow up and, you know, watch them get involved in sports and collecting and music and everything else. So, yeah, that's great. That's where I'm headed off to.
1: Right on. Sounds great. Well, that's Quick Hitters. Thanks so much for sharing with us. We do appreciate it. Ethan Janney, what do we got in the world of hot topics, man?
2: Let's talk through it. So first up is Samsung partnering with Theta Labs for an upcoming Galaxy NFT ecosystem. They signed an MOU with partners, including Theta Labs, to operate this uh, ecosystem for its new range of Galaxy mobile phones. little quote here says Samsung Electronics is promoting consumer experience innovation that connects non fungible tokens in the online virtual world to offline real benefits. I mean, we kind of heard quite a bit in this episode, you know, with Brian and, you know, just like heavy hitting people with deep experience in sort of traditional technology and business, diving in and trying to make interesting new things happen with NFTs and integrating that with what's already going on. So it's sort of surprising who steps forward first, but maybe not a surprise at this point. We've seen a lot of interesting
1: people step in. Yeah, big brands, man, making it happen. We were talking earlier on the games. I was on the GameSpad YouTube live earlier today, And we were talking about that. There were some questions from the viewers about how do big brands make that transition? Who is out there working on, you know, NFT integrations? And my answer was it's, it's all of them. I mean, if there's a big brand out there with a big following product market fit, been around for decades in many cases. I mean, they're thinking about it. They definitely have people thinking about it, if not acting on it already. They tend to be slower moving than say a lot of the folks that are crypto native or startups in the world of crypto, but they're out there mixing it up. I noted Warner Brothers, a lot in the entertainment world, of course, they were with the cowl drop and their presence at NFTLA, but so many others, Fox Entertainment with Kropopolis and all these other big, big brands making things happen. So I'm not surprised. To see that from Samsung and the integration in Galaxy. It's like to me, mass adoption is most likely not going to come from a world where people have to go open a crypto wallet. It's going to come from a world where it slides seamlessly into their life and they don't even necessarily know that what they're interacting with is an NFT, right? It's a thing that they like and it provides value to them and utility to them. And so, like, these are the initial steps I see that are going to help us get to that next step.
3: Yeah. Theta Labs was one of our speakers at the last NFTLA on video streaming, and they don't get talked about in the mainstream too much. But just from the talk that they did and sort of knowing them from the industry, I've expected them to do some sleeper stuff like this. And this is a big deal for them. We're talking about a 100. This is like a Trojan horse to a 100,000 new users for the Theta Network. And we were talking earlier with Brian about sort of unique collaborations and this one jumps out as you is like a not so obvious, but really cool collab between a next generation video platform and a next generation phone platform, like doing something unique together. So this is the sort of stuff that makes me excited. And when someone's in the elevator with me and sees the edge of NFT hat and wait, isn't it over the cliff? I'm like, no, man, there's a lot more coming. And this is just another one of those examples.
2: So before we move on from this one, a couple observations that are just coming to me, which I mean, it's like. It's Samsung. We're not hearing this happening with Apple phones, or I haven't. Maybe there's something going on, but I haven't heard much going on with Apple, which makes me think about Steve Jobs. People always wonder, like, what would be going on if Steve Jobs was still around, you know? And he seems like the kind of character that would be, it's almost like he got rid of, like, what was it? Like Flash or something before anybody else. He's like edging out these existing technologies aiming for the future. So who knows? He might have been diving. Feast first and deep into NFTs with Apple. The other thing, which came up in a conversation recently with one of our teammates, Aaron, who's helping us with social, he's in Canada right now. So we were talking about BlackBerry. BlackBerry is a brand that's still around, but has just taken tons of hits. Man, it would be really fun to see BlackBerry jump in and do something cool with crypto and NFTs, especially since they're known for security.
1: What do you think, Brian? Any any, uh, insights on this one? BlackBerry is interesting,
0: right? BlackBerry, I think, no longer makes their own handsets anymore. And I want to say they sold or they license now that security technology, right? Which made them a go-to choice for corporate America for so long, right? But yeah, I mean, hearing this news about Samsung, like Samsung as their company that has been, I don't want to say eager, but they've been open to exploring blockchain technology, which is something exciting about them, right? I believe they were the first to integrate Tron Wallet, you know, a few years back, I've heard a lot about these new television sets that are going to be integrating NFT technology, allowing you to display and purchase and sell and different things like that. So Samsung is definitely a forward thinking tech company. It's always really exciting to see the hardware makers. And to your point, like the brands that are already consuming our lives, kind of embrace the technology
2: and inviting it openly. So yeah, no, I think it's great. Cool. Should we hit the next one, guys? Yeah, let's do it. All right, this one maybe similar in some ways. I almost feel like kind of like jumping into a new, yeah, you know, fresh new bed at the hotel, but finally like sinking in and settling in and get comfortable with all these new developments and big brands settling in. So I'll hit right to it. Coca Cola is celebrating Friendship Day with its NFTs on Polygon. Which just reading that out loud. It just makes me think back to us starting this podcast not that long ago and not necessarily expecting things like this to happen so soon. So the story goes that they're creating generative NFTs and the NFTs are created by Taffy, an avatar-creating company. They're one of, of the kind in the truest sense and they are shareable. And the bubbles inside a Coke bottle inspired the NFTs and they were airdropped to digital wallets of existing Coca-Cola NFT owners. So there's already some existing owners. And the collectibles come with functionality like share to reveal, or each NFT will be revealed after being shared with a friend. That's kind of fun. Nothing like celebrating friendship.
1: Again, similar story there. Folks are figuring out how to incorporate it into their communities. These are already massive, big communities and, and big consumer bases. So they have a leg up from that perspective and yeah, these are fun ways to get people involved. I do think again, though, that the biggest things are going to be the things that people don't realize are NFTs They're just something really cool that they like and utilities that they like straight up and that it happens to be an NFT is, is beside the point. It's the underlying value they're getting from it. And that's how these big brands, I think, are mostly going to make waves. But it's cool to see them jumping in and just testing the waters and iterating, you know.
2: This is another one where I go to like a second order relationship, you know, Warren Buffett. Yeah, Charlie Munger. <laughs> <laughs> Huge investors in Coca-Cola, not bullish, on apparently, publicly on NFTs or crypto at all. But one of their biggest wins in all of history is jumping into the space. I'd really love to hear if there's some boardroom conversation where Coca-Cola is trying to be talked out of it by Charlie
1: Munger and Buffett. Probably not. Let the kids play is probably with their disposition, right? Yeah, that's what I would think. Yeah, I think so.
2: All right. Last one is a slice of the punk. CryptoPunk NFT is to be split into thousands of pieces. This new campaign intends to give a wider base of NFT investors a stake in some of the most valuable NFTs by fractionalizing ownership and reinstating accessibility. This unique network and NFT infrastructure running on the Kusama and Polkadot networks will split the ownerships of one crypto punk to more than 56,000 addresses that have signed up for a share campaign offers users a chance to participate in what has become a highly siloed environment, as Unique Network CEO Alexander Mitrovich explained in this statement. This represents an exciting moment for interoperability with our fractionalization of CryptoPunk 3042. We're held during a new era of NFTs that are accessible, interchangeable, and can be shared across chains and at a fraction of the cost will be interesting to see what happens there. I mean, CryptoPunks is such a huge, huge uh, property.
3: Well, I'll say one thing, you know, fractionalization was an early concept in the NFT space that's been talked about for a while. But I don't know if it's sort of, it's become as uh, ubiquitous and relevant as it was once hoped to be. I mean, it's a cool idea to fractionalize ownership, but you need a certain use case where, you have a high demand for something that can be easily fractionalized. And I think this might be a good use case. And it'll be an interesting to see what the demand is and how the value of these fractions play out relative to the market value of CryptoPunks. But I, for one, had higher hopes for fractionalization as a utility in the space. That, And I hope that this brings some additional value there.
2: Yeah, you wonder if there's any analog here to stock splits, of course, these things try not to be treated like securities. So that's interesting territory to talk about. But, you know, there is that kind of idea that going back to the Charlie Munger and Warren Buffett world, a stock split doesn't do anything to the value of the stock, right? Just sort of splits it up into pieces. But yeah, I could see there being a case here that it does add value because more people can get involved and add liquidity. It's just a question of how much value that might add to any individual
1: crypto punk or sort of the collection in general. Yeah. The thing that started running down on these things is like, so pure collectibles for which I think there's still and will continue to be a space in NFT land, right? Like we talked about baseball cards earlier. There's a place for just pure collectibles and NFTs. Like I think, you know create them in a format that's even better right cuz you got provenance you can understand the ownership and the history authenticity either. all those are totally transparent to you as an nft holder of course you get incorporate utilities later but we're talking the pure collectibles like those are the ones that where there's the opportunity for like clear fractionalization and co-ownership of things like that. I think where it gets tricky is when you start talking about like the utility based ones. Like, how do you share utility? How do you split the utility? Like you use like Gary V's NFTs if you're going to Vcon, right? Like who gets to be like, <laughs> who gets to go to Vcon if you're all sharing the knowing gnome, you know, NFT, right? Like, how does that work? I'm sure there's ways to work around that stuff, but it does seem like it's geared more toward NFTs that are primarily collectible in their value. Yeah, that's a great
2: point. Yeah, Zach from our. A co-lead over at Edge of NFT was on a Twitter Spaces I was listening to yesterday with a Partner Virus Multiplied. And they were talking about how there's this word out like that you don't have to hold the NFT to get into the NFT party anyways. Like, oh, you get in the board aid party just because you know when it is and you know, nobody asks you to prove what's going on. Of course, there is the issue if you keep showing up someplace where you don't have a ticket, people will start to notice and they'll ask you to get one or just kick you out entirely. But yeah, it almost like what you're saying, Jeff, it almost seems like then they have to create a DAO just to kind of manage those type of utilities, right? Oh, we raffle off being able to access an event or some sort of perk or something like that. So um, it does get a little bit complicated and it requires more involvement individuals that own the fractions.
1: I don't know, Brian, does the, the world of fractionalization intersect with uh, anything in the Hustleverse? Uh, Hopefully in the future, right? I mean,
0: I think that fractionalization is one of the coolest concepts around NFTs for a lot of reasons. Most notably, I think that it could potentially in the future give creators, really creators and fans on the same side of the table in the sense that, right, let's apply it to music. If someone could sell incremental pieces or fractionalized pieces of a particular album or a particular track, right? and now have this army of hundreds or thousands of fraction owners or partial owners of this song, now they become stakeholders and promoters, right? So I think it could be a really valuable tool for some amateur creators and some of the creators that we haven't heard yet. But I think that unfortunately, kind of murky regulatory waters or environment around, is it a security or not? Are you directly benefiting from the work of someone else? I think is the only thing really holding that back from really being the next big rage in the space. So I know there's some firms that are doing that with music and certainly with this CryptoPunk story that's occurring already. But I think when that becomes more mainstream, we're really going to see a lot more participation and really music push NFTs, I think, to the fullest of their capability.
1: Yeah, right on. Yeah, it does make sense, I guess. Yeah, when there's like a revenue stream there that's then being split in different ways, right? That does make sense beyond just the world of collectibles. I think
0: that's also one of the
1: coolest use cases. Yeah, yeah, for sure.
0: You know, it's like, yeah, it's a security, but like, that's the coolest thing you could do with them, right? So I think the industry is moving there. I'm really excited to see it moving
1: out. Right on. Yeah, yeah. Exciting stuff. Well, hey, man, look, really appreciate you joining us today and excited to have our listeners that don't know about Clusterverse jump in and follow everything you're doing. So many exciting things on the immediate Roadmap here and also for the future. So, if folks do want to follow you, Brian, where should we direct them? Yeah, so they can check us out on our website at
0: www.thehustle. That's T H E H U S L dot I O. They can check us out on social, Twitter, Instagram at the
1: underscore hustle. So, V T H E underscore H U S L and on Discord. Amazing. So check it out, y'all. Exciting things to come. And word on the street is we got a little giveaway that we're doing. It's going to be five plots of land in the Hustleverse. More details to come. Keep an eye out on our socials for that. Very, very generous of you, Brian. We really appreciate that. So everybody get in the mix on that and uh, you'll have a stake in uh, this amazing future that is the Hustleverse. Okay. Well, I think we've reached the outer limit at the edge of NFTs for today. So thanks for exploring with us. We've got space for more adventurers on this starship. So invite your friends and recruit some cool strangers. They'll make this journey all so much better. How? Go to Spotify or iTunes right now, rate us and say something awesome. Then go to edgeofnft.com to dive further down the rabbit hole. Look us up on all major social platforms by typing edgeofnft with no spaces and start a fun conversation with us online. Lastly, be sure to tune in next time for more great NFT content. Thanks again for sharing this time with us today. The views and opinions expressed on the Edge of NFT podcast reflect solely those views and opinions of the show creators and its guests. We're learning as we go, just like you. Please make sure to do your own research. Our podcast is not financial advice. There are multiple strategies and not all strategies fit all people. We understand that you are using any and all information available on or through this podcast at your own risk.